okay, everybody's got a fucking podcast. I mean, we have a podcast, so obviously anyone can do it. Wait, this is a podcast? Are you recording right now? Technical difficulties. No, you don't say anything. I'm going to edit it out. Technical difficulties. <laughs> okay. I put mayonnaise on a pickle. It was not uh, the best, but it might have been the worst. Do I see? I mean, my feet stink, right? Yeah. And go. And go. And go. Go. Indigo. Indigo. Blue. Like the color. Yes. Blue. Blue meth. Breaking Bad. Season three. All right. Are you ready, Dakota? Did you? Uh... I have not watched any of this series. Okay. Good. Let's dive head first. Uh, did you make any bad summaries this time or no? It's okay because I think I got like twenty five of them. So. It'd be negative, so yours can uh, yours can make up for mine. I got divorce falls through. I got lawyer reunites friends. I got attempted homicide reunites friends. I have homicide reunites friends. I have drugs drug kingpin slash crime reunites friends. So either drugs reunite friends, drug kingpin reunites friends, crime reunites friends. It's a whole thing. I got meth cook stumbles upon best coffee ever. Uh, Meth cook shot. Meth cook does not like crusts on his sandwich. Uh, meth cook's wife can't count weighs money it's heavy wounded cop gets erection <laughs> so uh, pizza places don't slice their pizza unsliced pizza lands on roof yeah <laughs> uh, alright so let's real quick real quick just roughly go over what happened this season a lot. I did it in uh, some bullet points here. It should only take me a second to read. It's not a full, you know, summary or anything. It was made in bullet points as I watched. Discover the twins. Walt moves out. Skylar wants divorce. She's too white. Twins target Walt and are called off. Skylar starts fucking Ted. Jesse starts cooking. Walt gets fired. Uh... What, what Jesse really did with the money. How he got the RV. Walt's in. Hank's onto them. Got rid of the RV. Make Hank mad. Jesse beat to pulp. Hank gets shot by twins. He's in hospital. Gail fired. Jesse enthusiastic. Jesse's mad they aren't reaching their full earning potential. Starts stealing. There's a fucking fly. Pete and Badger join 12-step program. Jesse meets Andrea. Finds out who had combo killed. And how. Jesse wants help with murder. Walt tattles. Jesse takes it into his own hands when he finds out they killed Tomas. Heisenberg finally shows up, saves Jesse. Gus wants Gail to take over. Walt realizes this. Walt, taken by Victor and Mike, calls Jesse. Jesse kills Gail. Laser tag, still a good idea in my opinion. Okay. That, that That's more in my cunt section. Because, like... You know, Skylar's such such a bitch about that like laser tag thing. I think I I, I say uh, that she she goes like, well, who knows Walt that would believe he'd buy a laser tag place? And I'm like, you know what? Any guy would buy a fucking laser tag place with an arcade and shit in it. I would. Like I'd I don't buy it. like I, I you don't not <clears throat> find me at a laser tag place slash arcade. But you know what I'd buy if I had a bunch of money? 
I mean, like, you know, that's not, like, the first thing I'm going out and buying. Like, fuck student loans or house payments. But, like, excuse me. If, you know, if I need something to fill up my time, that's a cool thing. Fuck it. If I had money, needed to do something with it, I don't think that's a bad idea at all. So, I'm just saying. Should that be our next next, uh, investment? Yeah. Laser tag. Because this one's panned out so well. Um. So I, I got some cool stuff. That's what I, I, I did in my notes for uh, when I watched the uh, commentaries and yada yada. Mm-hmm. So just cool stuff. The Santa Muerte thing. That's what they're all crawling for in the beginning. It's uh, Spanish for Saint Death. Uh, it does not discriminate between good and evil. Uh, it's a Catholic thing, but a lot of Catholics like disown it. Um so basically they're praying to death and it doesn't matter if you're good or evil or you know what your intentions are you're just like making offerings to this thing and it might do that thing for you so you could literally be asking it for something good and something bad and it might not discriminate yada mm-hmm. yada it's all whatever but <laughs> so it's like a legitimate thing thought it was interesting um cranston's daughter and wife were in the first episode um, as well as Vince Gilligan's wife. Hmm. You know where they were? Where? Oh, no guesses? Just no, think. I don't have any guesses. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, Vince Gilligan's wife was, uh, I think, like the blonde teacher that was, you know, the assembly they have. Mm-hmm. She's like the blonde teacher with the short hair, like next to Walt. That's Vince Gilligan's wife. Um, Brian Cranston's wife was uh, one of the lady being interviewed in the whole news montage. The lady being interviewed on the street. That was Cranston's wife. And his daughter was uh, that girl that got up and uh, spoke in the assembly. You know, the one talking about, is there even a god and all that stuff, right? So, just interesting. Um, Do you want to talk about Cranston's big fireproof hands? Cranston's big fireproof hands. You have to jog my memory on that. Well, so you might not have noticed it because I didn't notice it until I watched the commentary. They talked about it. But so they put like these rubber gloves on him that look like hands when he um, caught them when he was going to set fire to all the money. Uh-huh. And, you know, he pats it out. So since he was going to touch fire, you know, they got to put these waterproof hands on him or fireproof hands on waterproof fireproof. I mean, waterproof hands. If, you're, <laughs> if your hands catch fire, they cannot be put out. No. So. They're just these big rubber hands, and so then it's funny when he's, like, flailing around in the pool and shit, like, it's, like, starting to come off. And so, like, you know, that's why he, like, slid his hand back into the pool real quick just to kind of hide it. And so you don't really see it in the shot, but hmm. they're just, like, his if you watch, if you go back and watch it, you see his hands are, like, oh, those are kind of big, you know, when he's just kind of, like, looking at the grill, and then he's, like, oh, fine, you know, so. Anyway. I think it would have been cooler if he just would have used his real hands. Yeah, you got to be dedicated for it. You know, it's Hollywood, and you know, union rules, and not yada, even allowed, yada, yada. not even allowed to smoke real cigarettes on set. Right, like when he's all sweaty, you think he's all sweaty, putting out the fire, like in the first in the pilot episode. Like he wasn't sweaty; they had to put this fireproof gel on him because he was going to be near fire. So, like, he just had this fucking shiny ass gel smear all over his back. So, um, do you know what Caballo Sin Nombre means? The title of the, was it the episode, episode two. Yeah. 
Horse with No Name. And that was the song that was playing. So, mm. you know. Um, funny fact that nothing is behind that laundry machine in the in the commercial laundry. There's no steps that go down. So they're literally doing the old bit of like, you know, when yeah. someone like walks behind the couch and, and gets like, lower and like lower. Yeah. yeah. They literally, every time someone goes down there, they have to pretend they're doing that. I would kind of assume that because that'd be a, yeah. that'd be a pretty expensive set to build right there. Well, sure. Building the underground and. Yeah. I just, you know, it's funny to think that like they're just, every they're, time, they're, yeah, they have to do that bullshit. Right. Um, and then a good time to mention that is a legitimate commercial laundry. Like that's a real place mm-hmm. that was operational. And, like, all the extras on set are just people that work there. Like, most of them are just working. (laughs) So. um, It is mentioned in commentary that there was a deleted scene where Jesse comes back into Saul's office when uh, Walt makes the new deal. And, you know, gives Jesse his half of the money that Gus gave them. And he's like, yeah, that's the last money you'll make, you know, in this town. And then, you know, they have the fight and everything, and Jesse walks out. There's a deleted scene where they have him, like, walk back in because he forgot the money on the desk. And then, like, you know, but they took it out. And, of course, not shown in the deleted scenes. I've expressed my frustration with the lack of good deleted scenes in this show. Or on the on the box set. So. Anyway. Yeah. Because, you know. The like, delete, they'll talk the, about something cool. And then they won't put it on there. But yeah. The, but the deleted scenes will be, like, Walt washing his hands. Yeah. It's really <laughs> dumb. Like I told you, like it was like Walter, like in those first seasons, like Walter Jr. Like pulling nails. To, trying to pull nails down. And it was like, and Walt just standing there like, huh, looking at him. You're like, what the fuck? So, whatever. <laughs> it's like, why the, f- like you couldn't put the cool thing in here? You got to put this bullshit right here in here? Yeah. Come on, man. Vince, the fuck, man. I'm sure he's got like limited control on that, but. Vince, the fuck, man. Uh, the condo Walt buys. Uh, it's actually Vince Gilligan's condo in New Mexico. So they just shot in there. Huh. Uh, the new owners of Jesse's home, why he had to move out last season. Um, the new owner, owner of that home just renovated it and rented it back to him. So the house is like way bigger now cause they added a bunch of stuff. So anyway, I don't know that we actually, did we talk about that in season one? We did talk about that, how they, they... Or could, did we talk about it in one of the season two no, we, that we we talked about it in season one. Okay. Yeah, we, as far as to my recollection, we talked about that in season one, and we talked about how you know they sold it, and we looked up prices for how much it went for. Oh, that's okay. There we go. All right. So, although that. although it could be something that got cut, it might be on our deleted scenes on our box set. We'll include the good stuff. Don't there worry. Go. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So the junkyard guy, I'm guessing you know uh, what he, I'm guessing you know who he is. He looks very familiar. I suck with names. Well, I mean, the name, I didn't even write down the name because I don't think it matters, but don't don't start fucking. Do you know what episode of Seinfeld he's from? You got me. He was... The guy that played Kramer. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyway. Huh. Uh, but the commentary... I, like, I knew fun. I knew he looked familiar, but I so, could have placed where I've seen him before. I've seen that episode, of, you know, tons of times. 
it was funny in the commentary though for this episode where i think it was vince that said yeah he was also bizarro kramer in the bizarro jerry episode and i was like you know so then i started typing that down and i was like i was like yeah but i don't know for whatever reason i just like i went and looked it up and then i saw it and i was like well that's not bizarro kramer and then so then i had to i had to type in the dude's name and like actually you know look look back like where he actually was so then it was the jerry episode so anyway uh episode 13 is the first episode since the pilot that vince gilligan directed um couple interesting deleted scenes on this episode that are on the dvd oh Oh. uh after walt and skylar tour the house in the beginning of the episode there is a small shot of them going outside and getting into um walt's porsche he's got a little 90s porsche there Mm um and so and then it's mentioned later in the episode when they're like doing dishes that you know he's talking about his old porsche and then i think it's mentioned when um when walt walton walter jr get the uh get the dodge or the chrysler products oh you mean the commercial five. yeah the, the fucking commercial the chrysler commercial yeah episode just starts out as a fucking chrysler commercial and so that's the ne- i believe that's the next time they uh are talking about walt having a porsche but uh but you you wouldn't know at all that he had the porsche if if you hadn't watched the deleted scenes here you wouldn't know till that episode later um so there's that i'm pretty sure he definitely likes his pontiac aztec way better probably um there's that and then there's a there's a sign on the fence in the front yard um for whatever reason there's a chain link fence when the house is for sale it was weird there is no fence i got my seasons mixed up sorry moving on just it's not a big deal (laughs) i don't know i didn't get it so anyway but there's a green sign and it says mcgill on the sign now that interests me now maybe i'm not far enough and better call saul but i don't think the mcgills ever did realty is that a thing at some point i mean they were lawyers right that was my thing was i was like yeah so that, that kind of confused me i mean the only thing i think is i don't so i have not seen the i've i'm all caught up on Better Call Saul except for the last season because the last season has not came out on Netflix yet. Um, the only thing I could think of is maybe because, uh, you know, so Saul, Jimmy, um, and uh, what's her name? The blonde-haired girl? Yeah, I'm, blonde-haired girl. Yeah, I, I can't think of her name I right now. I don't remember her name. Um, She's pretty I, insignificant. Um, I suck with names. She's actually yeah. a main. She's actually a main character, but I just suck with names. It doesn't matter. But they end up getting uh, married. Okay. So I will, maybe she ended up actually taking his last name, and she went into real uh, realty or. Uh, well, that wouldn't make any sense because this is when they when Walt and Skyler buy the house. Like this is like before Walter Junior's, uh, but she's pregnant with Walter Junior. So. Yeah, and then yeah, because then Walter would have been. Because that would have been the 90s, early right. 90s. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Better Call Saul takes place. And given the 
Like before Breaking Bad, right? Yeah, so given the time frame, Better Call Saul starts, I want to say, like early 2000s, like 2001, maybe late 90s, but probably... Pre-08, yeah. Definitely pre-08. Right. Yeah. Anyway, it's interesting. Hmm. Uh, And it might have been just a fuck-up, and that's why it was a deleted scene, because that should hold no weight here. (laughs) Um, The rest of it was cut off. I would imagine it. the rest of the sign said McGill Realty, but you only saw McGill space R. I mean, you can put together the rest of that puzzle pretty easily, but... uh, I don't know, man. (laughs) It could be a lot of things. So anyway... McGill Rectums. Yeah. We're sponsoring this fence. Yeah. (laughs) The the other side of the sign has a butthole. So that is is all the deleted scenes for that uh, episode uh, 13. Um, But Jonathan Banks does mention in the commentary for episode 13... uh, that at least the way he thinks of playing Mike, you know, I mean, I guess I don't know what the actor's processes are for given roles, but I guess in the way he's thinking of this character, he spent some time with this character at this point, right? We meet him at the end of episode two or uh, season two. So he says in the world, the way he thinks of Mike is that his granddaughter's mom is not his daughter, which obviously is true. And, uh, better call Saul. Um, I've gotten that far. <laughs> better call Saul. It's just it's been a long time since I did that, so I don't remember much. But uh, it's funny that as early as season three of Breaking Bad, you know, he's thinking that way about how that works. And then I'm wondering if um, that planted a seed in Vince's mind. He goes because so, literally what Jonathan Banks says is like he's like that's not my daughter, and. He says, like, I didn't write down the exact thing, but like, and basically, like, who knows what happened to the sun? Maybe something happened to the sun, you know? So I thought that was really interesting. Which, that that's a very early yeah. idea, you know, in that process. Like, I don't even know when they started thinking of Better Call Saul. So that's interesting to hear that. If you're a big fan of, you know, the whole Breaking Bad universe. Little, little interesting thing about Jonathan Banks. My um, scene, it was. He's in Breaking Bad. No. Yeah, he's in Breaking Bad. <laughs> You know, he plays, it's funny because you have like. John the Banks plays Mike, just so we're aware. Um, Anybody not following there at home. Certain actors will play like the same type of character and everything that they're in. And he plays a lot of like cops and yeah. a lot of different shows or movies he's, he's been in. He plays a lot of cops or detectives. And in this, he was, you know, as you find out later on. Former cop. Former cop. Yeah. So, but there was a interview that there was on uh, uh, Conan O'Brien show like a while back that was like most of the Breaking Bad cast and Vince Gilligan, and he was talking to Jonathan. And apparently, one thing that Jonathan was very adamant about when it was time for like like character development for Mike was he was like he's like my character is going to speak proper like he's going to pronounce words fully he's not going to use slang he's going to talk like proper and be articulate yeah yeah he was very he because very well read because educated, that kind of thing because i guess there's a couple of times he got a script and it would be like where like uh, mike was using a lot of like shorthand or like a lot of slang and he was like no i like my character says the words like that was something he's very uh adamant about which i mean it 
when you, you know, knowing that, you know, watching this series, you can see it where how he talks. He talks very. He's an know, articulate guy. Yeah. He, yeah. he doesn't. Um, he's not like Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> That's just that's the simplest way to put it. So, we should all start talking like Jesse. <laughs> just like yeah, <laughs> just like one, like we gotta like study his vocabulary, and then just for you know, like an extra, like when we do like El Camino, we just gotta talk like Jesse the whole time. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, like uh, laser beams. <laughs> Make a robot? <laughs> you said it yourself. What? A robot? <laughs> like a battery. <laughs> um all right, so I've got my favorite quotes. Do you want to do that now or you want yeah. to go okay. Um and Hank and Gomi are at that uh that weird bar. He's like, What's wrong with spicing things up a little? This spice looks like it's been a through a couple guys already. Jesse gets in the car. Walt picks him up from rehab. Your windshield's broken. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I just, I, I, lo- I love the obvious, like, just comments, like, yeah. your windshield's broken. Thanks. <laughs> Didn't notice it. Thanks for pointing it out. Hadn't noticed till just now. Um, uh, Walt goes to Benneke to talk to Ted. She's like, Walt, Walt, what are you doing? I'm talking with Ted. <laughs> Trying to pick up the plant and throw it through his window. Which is a hilarious scene. Yeah. Wonder how heavy that thing actually was. Yeah. Hopefully I you know, if I had to guess, I bet that thing is like nothing. I bet that thing's like fucking styrofoam. Because like, you know, they probably don't want it to break against the wind they don't want him to actually accidentally break the window. Or him to actually hurt himself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah, Brian Cranston's not a not a young spry guy, you know. He fucking pulls a back muscle and he's out of commission for the next three weeks. And yeah. like, well, production's fucked. Let's shoot all the non-Walt scenes. <laughs> Day two. All right, well, we're done with that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that didn't last too well. long. Uh, and then right after that scene, you know, Saul's talking to Walt. He's like, he's like, what do you think is the first guy this happened to? Uh, I got caught my I caught my second wife screwing my stepdad. <laughs> Uh, Jesse is smoking outside the hospital or lighting up a cigarette outside the hospital in the wheelchair when the nurse pushes him out. And he says, you got to be another 20 feet away. He goes, so roll me further, bitch. Uh, he's eating dinner with Brock and Andrea and he makes the straw grow by adding water to it. And he goes, he goes, <laughs> just Jesse with his mouthful, like, ah, it's science and stuff that makes it do that. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Banks doesn't talk like that. Mike no. <laughs> uh, Jesse's trying to talk uh, Wendy into, you know, poisoning the two drug dealers uh, with the burgers. And he's like, you do anything for him, right? And she goes, yeah, I do all kinds of things for him. <laughs> Talking about his, her son. Um, Walt's going to uh, get out of the car when he meets Gus because he killed the drug ran over the drug dealers the night before shot the one in the head and he goes i'm gonna need some insurance assurances before i get out of the car and mike says i assure you i can kill you from all the way over here if it makes you feel any better 
and then I love I, I always yeah I always yeah. love Mike's like comments to things like yeah well because he's just got the confidence he knows he can fuck <laughs> you up like he doesn't need to overcompensate Walt if I was gonna Walter. kill you <laughs> you'd be dead he he does always call him Walter too he's like, <laughs> like Walter it's funny uh and then Mike says he's when he's checking down Saul for the address where Jesse might be. And he goes, uh, you know, he's like, I'm a lawyer. He's like, it's, you know, he's like, I, I, you know, if you get this from me, then how do you know that you can trust me? You know, like it's, it's a two way street. And he's like, he's like, I trust the hole in the desert I'd leave you in. And then Saul goes, yeah, that's an argument. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, we can do a couple things next. We can do a Walter. We can do cunt. We can do cunt points. Or we can uh, do... I got the box score for the season. New new feature. I think we can do the cunt points, um, but I think it's time cunt for points. my... Oh, break. you can go take your second shit? Yep. Okay. We'll be right back, guys. Why don't you hit stop on that camera for me? Hit stop. Yeah. And we're back. Hey, yo. How you feeling? Uh, better. Re- relieved? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, let's jump into the uh, the new segment I got here. The box score for Breaking Bad Season 3. I thought we were doing cunt. We'll do cunt eventually. Okay. But I already scrolled up to box score, so I'm not scrolling back down. What's the box score? Okay, well. Explain, explain the box scores. Well, any sort of sporting event, you have the box score, right? Right. You know, yards and touchdowns mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, or basketball, three-pointers made, you know, points. You know, you know what I'm saying. So, for this one, I got uh, specific topics, or specific, uh, you know, scores we got, right? Mm-hmm. We got deaths, broken cell phones, untouched veggie trays. Motivational speeches by Walt that weren't motivational. Explosions and bangs. Implied or briefly shown, in parentheses. Okay. So, deaths. You want to guess? How many deaths in all of season three? <clears throat> Don't start Googling shit. I'm not. I'm, I'm just looking over the episode. <laughs> Yeah, if you go through trying to start counting, that's cheating too. Well, no, I'm like I'm trying to like I'm trying to remember since I've been binge watched it. I'm just trying to remember like which all has happened in this season. Uh, anything after Gail gets killed, you can forget about because that is how season three ends: is Gail getting shot. Okay, so we're at least one. There's one. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I'm gonna go with. It's definitely wrong, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with 13. All right. Um, way over 13. Way over? I yeah. figured. Uh, how about this? Guess over under 25. Over. Over? It is over. But under 30. 27. 29. Mm. If you're playing along at home, I must say that you have just won a hundred dollars from Tyler. <laughs> no, I have nothing to give you. 
uh, other than the podcast. I'm sorry. Uh, worst gift ever. But um, there are three asterisks in our death count. Okay, so if you wanted to count them or didn't want to count them, I would understand. Here are the asterisks. Okay. The lady in the wheelchair whose van they stole. So, you remember they yes. steal the van for Hector. Yep. Um, there is a deleted scene where that lady's wheelchair is just tipped over on the road as they drive away in the van. So, they killed that lady, but it's not exactly shown in the show. So, if you don't want to count that, I would understand. So... If you don't count that, it's 28. The Tortuga dies, you know, from season two. Mm -hmm. They show him dying. Obviously, that happened in season two. So if you don't want to count that, 27. I would understand. Last asterisk is, uh, here's the deal. After uh, the twins blow up that, uh, um, the truck where... They're smuggling people into the country. That little hay truck or whatever. Um, you know, the next episode, Hank says nine illegals were shot. So then including the driver, that'd be ten. But um, if you pause when there's the wide shot in the truck. More than nine. Yeah. If you exclude the twins, there are ten people in that truck. Be eleven in total with the driver. With eleven and eleven <clears throat> with the driver. But if you want to subtract one because Hank got the count wrong or they didn't do their continuity check, then I guess technically the death count would be twenty six. So those are the three asterisks. It's fair. All right. I yeah, I definitely wouldn't count the death that happened in the previous season. I, yeah, I'm completely okay with that. And I'm completely okay with not counting wheelchair lady. So, you know, that's why I said they're asterisks. I'm just saying if you want to count, you know, the on-screen deaths, which technically the wheelchair lady was off-screen. So if you don't want to count that, I get that. So, but if, you, so if you said 26. In the eyes of the writers of the show, that wheelchair lady died. So if you said 26, Tyler's going to give you $100. $100 of make-believe money. Maybe Monopoly money. Um, all right. Broken cell phones, it's not a lot. Six. Two. Two. Only two. Gus, Saul. That's it. Hmm. When Saul has uh, his secretary call Hank, say that Marie's in the hospital, he breaks that one. And then Gus breaks his after he talks to, uh, I believe his name was Juan, the drug dealer from uh, Mexico. Uh, when they When he gets shot, Gus breaks it, throws it in the trash can. It's all broken cell phones we got. You know, this show, and same with Better Call Saul, makes me want to just go out to Walmart and get some of them cheap, like, $20, $25 flip phones. Okay. And just, like, be in public and, like, answer and have a conversation, and I'm done. Just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, it, it'll, it'll be there. Drop will be at uh, this time. Okay. Yeah, just make people think, like. The fuck? Yeah. Uh, untouched veggie trays? Two. 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 I remember that because, I don't know, That always like that's always one thing that stood out to me, that whenever Gustavo has a meeting, he has a veggie tray. Yeah. 
Except he didn't bring, which they're never touched. Never touched. Uh, which which I, I think he learned by the time they had the meeting with Jesse. He's like, oh, criminals don't eat vegetables. <laughs> like, never touches the veggie tray. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe I would probably maybe eat like a just carrot. Just be polite. Maybe like a carrot. Yeah. Just when we're talking about life and death, I'm not real hungry. You know what I mean? You know, I'm going to start. I'm going to start bringing a veggie tray here. Sit yeah. down right here in the middle. Just like. We'll just stare at it. Yeah. All right, anyway. oh, you can brew up some coffee as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he learned by the time they had the meeting with Jesse. There was no veggie tray for the Jesse meeting. <laughs> so. <laughs> he wants crack. He wants yeah. meth. He doesn't want veggies. Stupid druggy. He doesn't God like vegetables. Uh, motivational speeches by Walt that weren't motivational. I counted two. Just I feel like when Walt tries to get motivational, it's anything but. That actually goes the wrong way. Explosions. Four. I counted one. Really? It's the one when they when the twins blow up the truck in the beginning. Okay. Huh. Uh, I feel like there was more. Yeah, I thought so too, but I was rewatching and I was like, I not seeing much. No, I'm okay with being wrong. If you want to email us at consequencehotlineyahoo.com, uh, I'd be happy to be wrong. Uh, all right, so bangs implied or briefly shown. You got you got a guess for that? You said bangs implied or briefly shown. What do you mean by bangs? What do you think I mean by bangs? What do you mean by bangs? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Do I? Are you talking about fucking? Yeah. What do you what, what what else would I mean by bangs? Are we talking? What you think I mean like bangs? Maybe like meant, your hair? Maybe you meant explosions again? No, we already covered explosions. <laughs> Why would I have explosions then bangs? Gunshot noises. It goes bang bang. Hurts my ears. How many gunshots? Uh, <laughs> there's a tally for you. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Is it more than ten? Less than ten. Less. Less than ten. I'm gonna go with three. Well, not that less. Six. Six. Implied or briefly shown. Now, if you want to, you know, get technical with me on that, I'm also okay with that. And you can email us at consequencehighline.yahoo.com. Um, you want to do a cunt now? Or do you want to go through, you know, some character development stuff here? You know, kind of a progress report on Walt, Jesse, and I think Hank's important enough to have one on him. But do you want to do that, or do you want to go to cunt? Uh, I guess we can save cunt to last. Yeah. Keep the people in suspense. Cunt's probably our best segment. Is it? That's what <laughs> I don't the, know that we have a best that's, segment. That's what the Nielsen rating said. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, then, uh, here's my thoughts on Walt. Here we are in season three. I think in the beginning of the season, he was kind of ready to go full Heisenberg. You know, I don't think the change happens in this season, mm-hmm. but I think he was ready. You know, he's very, uh, very kind of feeling himself. He's, you know, he's kind of estranged from his family as we start this season. And I think the uh, cop pepper spraying him, you know, kind of took him out of his out of his groove, you know, because, you know, it's really after that that he's not he's not like confident Walt, you know. I don't know. I feel like he just kind of let himself get pushed around most of the season, you know. Unless it comes to Jesse, he always, 
you know, kind of dominates Jesse. You know, Jesse always get like, if there's one rule of the Breaking Bad universe, it's that Jesse gets the shit end of the stick. Yeah. Um, so, yes, it seems fairly submissive most of the season, hopping in and out of Heisenberg kind of when he needs it, but mostly not. Um, definitely ends the season as Heisenberg. Um, but I still would argue not the full change. I think he's all Heisenberg all the time, season five. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what I think is the actual moment. Uh, I'll have to look out for it in season four, but it, it might just be the end of season four. I don't know. I think, mo- like, I agree. Most of season, actually, majority of season five, it was. Heisenberg. And, I think and, it's and all I, Heisenberg all the time. And I think, and not five. and not jumping ahead on podcasts, and I'll bring this back up when we do the season five, mm-hmm. but like the moment that I think it, he snaps in and is Heisenberg all the time is when he goes to pick up his Pontiac Aztec from the shop and he finds the hat laying in there, mm-hmm. and he's like, he sells it to him for $25, which, I, fuck, I'd buy it for $25. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Uh oh! Uh oh! Earthquake, guys, under the table. <laughs> That's fine. Anyway, um, so he re- he really starts into the uh, now he said it before and he obviously says it after, but he really starts into the disclaimer, the the excuse. I find it to be uh, the for my family. Everything's for my family. I right. did this for this family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do like that finally, I mean, obviously this is jumping ahead as well, but I like that he eventually admits like, hey, it was, it was for me, you know, when he says that in season five and Skyler's like, it's like five to hear you say you did this for your family one more time. He's like, it was for me. So, and that's how, you know, like every time he fucking says it, he might, and he might have even convinced himself like this early that like it was definitely like when he first makes meth, you're like, okay. I believe you right now. This is for your family, whatever. But by season three, I don't believe him. No. So, just his excuse. Would you make meth for your family? <laughs> would I make meth to benefit my family or would I make meth for my family? What's the question here? <laughs> I mean, well, maybe to benefit, like, you know, your living I suppose, family. You know, but, like, I feel depending like... Depending on your definition of benefit... <laughs> <laughs> like it could, those could also both mean the same thing. So. It could benefit, you know, your in-house family, you know, financially. It may also benefit probably some distant family the other way because, mm. I mean, you know, I'm sure we all have distant family members that dabble a little bit in the... Now, sniffing, I would, like, you know, that could go either way. You know. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. Uh, all right. Yeah. So he never had to do this. Um, you know, there's the Gretchen and Elliot thing, which, you know, so he didn't have to do any of this. If you ask me. So, uh, we can go update on Jesse. Jesse. Jesse, uh, I think still has a lot of growing up to do in this season. I think he does grow up by the end of this, not this season, but just by the end of the show. I think he's grown up. Um, you know, he's, he comes out of therapy and he, you know, he's about 
he was talking to Walt and he's saying, you know, you have to just accept who you are. And Walt says, well, who are you? And he's like, I'm the bad guy. And I don't like, that's not true of Jesse. If you ask me, um, he's just kind of in these bad situations and you know, and it's by his, like, I think it's fair to say Jesse's not like the smartest dude. And so a lot of the reason why he gets in these situations is, uh, you know, just because of that. And so I don't think he's a bad guy, but he kind of tries to embrace it. Right. You know, by trading the, uh, the meth for gas and cigarettes, you know, by having Saul fleece his parents into selling him the house for half price. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think they kind of deserved it anyway. Fucking stuck up pricks, you know. He's all clean and trying to talk to his dad, and his dad's being a you know dick to him, trying to keep space. Which I can't imagine how hard that is, you know, with your if your child's an addict and you know like keeps fucking up. Like I, I imagine at a certain point you do have to kind of keep your distance. So I don't know how much I blame that behavior, but um, anyway. Uh, but you know, even so he still has strong morals, you know, he meets Andrea and you know, when he finds out she has a kid, like he doesn't want to sell her meth anymore. He doesn't think she should use meth anymore. You know, um, the whole, you know, he finds out who killed combo and you know, he wants the guys that are responsible dead, you know, I, it might be because of combo, but I think it's mostly because these dudes are manipulating this kid you know, to deal drugs and to kill people. And, you know, he's got a strong belief of, you know, kids shouldn't be mixed up in this world. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so I, you know, I still think he's, he's, he's not the bad guy. I think, uh, like I said, I think he's kind of delusional about, you know, what he is, who he is. And he's still got a lot of growing up to do. Um, you know, just even based on like when he's talking to Walt about them, not, you know, making enough money and, you know, all that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of my, and he's got two awesome rants in episode seven where he, you know, when he's talking to Walt, because like, <laughs> like Jesse thinks, says he's the bad guy. And it's like, no, it's Walt. It's Walt all the way. Walt's completely selfish and he fucks your life up. And I like that. Jesse finally, just has a big rant where he's like he's like it's all you You, my life is shit because of you and it's great acting by aaron paul um in those scenes so um and then i think hank is a big enough part of the story at this point because he's so affected by walt without even knowing it just yet um that i think it's a good time to you know have an update on Hank. Um, I just said, like, Hank's a good cop, you know? Like, I know his character is, like, portrayed mostly as an oaf. You know, just kind of this dumb guy, you know? Just like the typical, like, it, it's almost like jock behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, the way he is. But, uh... Oh, pool party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, I just watched that episode yesterday. Yeah. Hey, pool party. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but there's a real, like, there's a real depth to his character in this season, like, starting here, you know, when he gets in trouble for beating the shit out of Jesse, you know, and him and Marie. Like, because we, we, we always only see, like, a surface level of Marie and Hank, 
you know, but like it's really shown here, like, because you could interpret their relationship. I think leading like uh, uh, at any point up to this season that they are just like very vanity people, you know, like Marie with all her, you know, like she was stealing shoes or whatever, like. Like, it just, like, just seems superficial, you know? Like, they don't have kids. Why don't they have kids? That That's kind yeah. of a curious subject also. Is it because they don't want kids? They're both into their careers? Like, what is it? Um, a lot of a lot of speculation you could do on them. But, um, you know, there's the real connection there in this episode. When he falls on hard times, she's there for him. and Even though she's fucking annoying. <laughs> God, yeah. she is so... I mean, I liked her more in episode seven than I have in the whole series because any other time I've just been annoyed. But, like, you know, even, you know, she shows up for him, you know, when he gets suspended and, um, you know, he's about to go to court and they have their talk on the bed and all that. Just kind of, you know, she's like, well, well, you could try, you know, she's like trying to convince him to lie to get out of the stuff. And he's like, no. And this just shows, like, how much, like, if this was a different kind of show, you know, like, because Walt is on it, obviously kind of made out to look more like the hero, you know, because it's mainly about him. This is a show about the bad guy, but Hank's the good guy. And so, um, you know, Hank still like, like, like when something, when Hank does something wrong, like beating the shit out of Jesse, like he just, he's like, ah, I fucked up. Got to take my lumps. You know, he doesn't try to lie his way out of it. You know, he just says what happened and you know takes it and i'd like to think that i mean like walt pulls the strings you know in order to fix that situation because he doesn't want you know hank to be suspended and whatever is going to happen to him you know uh if charges were pressed but um it's kind of like good karma there you know just for hank like saying like yeah i fucked up whereas you know walt does something wrong and he tries to do these little things like oh it's for it's for my family it was for my family and for my family uh, i fucked jesse's life up let me uh let me get him in rehab yeah i'll get him in rehab and uh you know it's just yeah just the difference between them is is highlighted very much there i think so uh then i just have my we have (laughs) what's left is my various thoughts just notes I wrote down during the show and uh, the cunt. Oh, the cunt. So, right in the middle. We'll uh, go through just the thoughts here. Um, my first thing is like right in the middle of just like I think it's episode three at this point when Walt decides he's moving back home. I guess he technically decides at the end of episode two before the twins break in and then they get called off and he doesn't get killed but I just love when Skylar calls him. She's like, Walt, are you in there? And then he like peeks out the window on the phone. He's like, yeah. And they have the whole conversation about he's back. And then, you know, she's like, no, get out. You're not allowed to be. He's like, I'm, I'm back. And I just love the way that, like, I love that Sky, the, the Skylar type personality. Just getting so frustrated, not getting what they want. That reaction is always very funny to me. Um. And again, man, a gun does a great job of making us hater. Yes. <laughs> so. Yes. Like calling the police on your husband that has every right to be there 
is like calling the police on like expired food in your fridge, you know, trying to sue Meyer because your milk's expired. Right. Um, I like when Jesse tells Walt to eat me and Walt says, anytime loser. <laughs> I'm not sure you, uh, handled that quite right. <laughs> uh, and then I, I, I don't know. This is just stupid, but I, I like that. That's what the story was that Jesse did with the money that he just ended up stealing the RV. You know, because he spent all the fucking money at the fucking strip, the strip club, club and the night before with Pete and Combo. Like it's just that's great. Um, then it makes you think, like, huh? They could have had a way nicer RV. Yeah, no shit. Um, yeah, and then how that and just the writing in this show is fantastic. The way they just interlock that all in. He's like, oh, they knew because or this, you know, this is Hank getting one step closer. You know, because that was stolen, never never filed a report, but it's still, like, registered, not renewed here, but, like, you know. Um, yeah. And Hank's probably using that as a little bit of an, ex- like, a crutch. To not- what, what did you think about Hank not going to El Paso? Because I kind of thought, like, well, on the one hand... Is he just like, a, I mean, cause he is a good cop. So like, is he just so committed to this case that he goes, well, you know, there's a break on this. I gotta, I gotta conclude this. You know, he's just kind of like obsessed with it. And you know, pe- people told him all along the way not to, not to get involved, you know, or, or to just leave it alone. I mean, he's already involved, <laughs> but tell him to just leave it alone. So I thought, it was kind of debatable, you know, one of two ways how he, uh, why he stayed. Like, because obviously he's got some PTSD from having been down in El Paso and having what happened happen, you know, so he might not want to go back. But also, is he just really committed to this case, you know? I think it's more on the, the PTSD, especially when, like, them scenes where he's having the panic attacks in the elevator. and Right. I, I think... He didn't want to go back because one of two reasons. Number one, he wasn't respected yet. You're right. You know, versus like, you know, where he's at right now. It's, you know, he's like the guy. He's the guy, you know. And he goes out there and just like, he doesn't speak Spanish. So half the time they're talking in Spanish, he doesn't know what they're saying. And then on top of that, you know, they're putting heads on turtles. And yeah, I don't think, I don't think he was ready for that. So I think he decided he didn't want to go back. It just may not have been right for him. I think that if if he would have went to El Paso and it wouldn't have went the way that it went, he probably would have stayed in El Paso. Yeah. That is true. It is yeah, that's an interesting thought on just like like almost being the popular kid, I suppose. Or like just like wanting to fit in. You know, no one wants to go to a new school, start like start over, make new friends, all that kind of shit, and that's essentially the situation he was being put in there. It's kind of like it's kind of like the, uh, you know, continue off your example, the popular kid in high school that was very popular in high school, and then he graduated, and he was like, eh, I'm not going to move from my hometown because I'm popular here, mm. because he doesn't want to move to a new town and no one know him and know his status, you yeah. know. 
Yeah. Also, I think the re- you know, he became so fixated on this blue meth because it was his crutch of why he doesn't want to leave. So he had to become fixated, and like he forced himself to become fixated, and then he ended up just doing it because he forced himself to, and now he's obsessed with it, rightfully yeah. so. Right. Yeah, I mean, everybody. It's it's always funny in these types of shows how <laughs> it kind of goes. The guy that is actually onto something that is actually doing something about a problem is always the guy that everybody's like, would you relax? No, get off that. It's fine. Leave it alone. You know, it's always cliche at this point, but necessary. So, you know, whatever. Um, and then speaking of the meth, you know, uh, you know, back to Walt. You know, Gussler is Walt back in. You know, th- this is like the first time. Like, Gus. Gus is an interesting character because uh, it's the first character that Walt is. Um, like, th- that outsmarts Walt. Mm-hmm. That is ever ahead of him in any way. Um, really, the only way Walt ever gets ahead of him is the whole uh, Hector bomb thing in, you know, next season. Spoiler. Um, right. Uh, so just the way that, you know, Gus, Gus knows the type or like just who Walt is. And so he, he's able to kind of stroke his ego and, you know, like everybody has a price, you know, he offers him enough money, shows him this lab and excuse me. Um, you know, just is able to talk Walt, you know, right back into doing it into cooking. So, you know, otherwise, it'd be a pretty fucking boring show <laughs> moving moving from here. Do you think that if Walt would have been out when he originally said he was going to be out, like, you know, he said he's going to work so many weeks or whatever for Gus, after that he was done, mm-hmm. do you think that Gus would have ended up killing him? Mm-hmm. Or do you think Gus would have just honored to be like okay this is what you said you know here's your money and part ways on the one hand because you I know the hit that I, I know that Gus's idea was to basically get Gale to learn Walt's formula mm-hmm. so Gale can cook it himself and you know do you, do you think that if everything worked out he taught Gale his formula and then you know Walt it's the end of his weeks. If Gus would just kill him and be like, I can't, you know, I don't want anyone else producing this. Or would he just, you know? Well, on the one hand, you know, Gus talks about how he's got respect for Walt. And obviously it all goes away after this season because, you know, Walt did what he did <clears throat> at the, um, in episode 12, uh, killing those drug dealers. So, you know, because Gus never really liked Jesse. Um, so the fact that Jesse was going to go get in a gunfight with those guys and, you know, becomes a whole thing, but Gus expresses a lot of respect for, for Walt. So part of me thinks that because he said, said what he said, he knows Walt wants to be out. And I think Gus is a man of his word until you cross him. I think that's the whole reason you know, Walt was ever going to die 
you know, I, I think he would have let him go because I, I, I think Gus saw very much that he wants not Walt wanted nothing to do with it. And I think <laughs> like Walt kind of wanted nothing to do with it at that point because he knew that he liked it. You know, like I, I think Walt, because he, he wanted nothing to do with it and he did want everything to do with it all at the same time. You know, it's, it's the, um, it's kind of the effect of living your whole life, not doing anything uh-huh. exciting. You know, he went, which was why that, that, that clip is so interesting of, uh, you know, the flashback of the beginning of episode 13, you know, when they're buying the house and Walt has all this confidence and is talking to Skylar and, you know, and that it's so funny that that's before Walter Jr. And then life just beats him down and, you know, he's not done anything. You know, he sold his stock in gray matter or his piece of the company in gray matter, whatever, uh, you know, stopped doing whatever the fuck he was doing with that lab, just became a chemistry teacher. And so, you know, so he want that, that's why he wanted out. Yeah, this became a long-winded way of saying no. I think Gus would have let him go because I think Gus respected the fact that he wanted out. Do you think that if if Walt were to get out, that Gus would continue to stop the basically the hit out on Walt from the Salamancas and the cartel, or do you think that now that Walt is finished cooking for Gus and he's not an actual benefit for Gus anymore the Gus would just be like he's all yours and let it happen because he's protecting that is him. the other piece of it yeah because he is protecting him from them and that's why they went after Hank because he was like well you can't go after Walt but you can go after this guy this guy's the one who actually killed uh, Tuco well I think that's all part of a grander plan you know because I think he wants the, you know those cartel guys dead anyway he wants complete i think he doesn't like that the you know guys across the border keep trying to you know have a piece of his pie or you know whatever which whatever is why you want to talk about which is why i also assumed that it was gustavo who made that call to hank in the car yeah yeah i pretty can pretty much confirm that just yeah. because of what how they talk in the uh some of the like commentary and blah 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 uh, where it's, I think it's like technically called the inside breaking bad and they do like the episodes and, uh, like Vince basically said, yeah, you know, <laughs> I think how he said it was like, so, you know, Hank gets this mysterious phone call from probably Gus and I'm like, okay, so <laughs> <laughs> you got, I mean, you're in the writer's room, so I'm sure, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think some, some sort of plot was going to happen either way of Gus kind of taking those guys out, which, you know, new cunty point that I just thought of if I could is, uh, the fact that, you know, the cartel is more than just this guy and his two henchmen, you know? So the concept that, you know, Gus killed his contact, and then, like, all those other, like, henchmen. Like, I mean, obviously, this is, you know, next season. But the fact that Gus killed his contact and somehow he's just going to be left alone. Mm-hmm. From, like, the cartel's just going to leave him alone completely because 
he killed the guy he talks to. You know, I mean, obviously indirectly, because otherwise they'd be coming after him. Um, you know, he basically got the police to kill him. But I don't know. It's just interesting to me. that I mean, that's a little bit of a hole, I would say. It might be a minute before you're fucked with, but. Or, although, or maybe not, because maybe they don't know about the Los Poyos Hermanos drug train and, you know, all this shit. So I guess there's a little bit to think about there. Yeah, I, I guess I like I said, I mean, I'm just curious if he would con- if he would have continued protecting Walt from the Salamancas and from the cartel, because obviously they know exactly where he lives. They mm-hmm. had it marked on the road in front of his house. So they knew which house it was. They were in his bedroom while he was taking a shower. Like he was protecting Walt from them. And, you know, it just made me curious. So like if Walt would have been out when he originally said he'd be out, if he would continue protecting him or if he'd just be like, I'm not going to kill you. None of my guys are going to kill you, but right across the border has a different opinion. Right. But again, I, I think that's part of a bigger plan and like, you know, like, let's say, like, Walt wasn't even, like, Walt was just a cook and had never met Tuca or anything. You know, I think you, Gus was still going to find a way to have all those guys dead. Because, I mean, that's, you know, if we skip ahead to season four for a minute, you know, that's ultimately what happens is he wants all those fucking mm-hmm. cartel guys yep. dead because, you know, they crossed him a long time ago. And you figure out, Gus, like, I mean, like, episode one of season four you figure out just how fucking crazy Gus is. Like, you have not, like, you think he's pretty rational this season. You know, you're like, yeah, I mean, he has some people killed, but, like, yeah, I mean, obviously he's, like, kind of the, he's, like, serial killer calm. Like, he's, like, Dahmer calm, right? But he's also very professional, and so you're just kind of, I would say at the end of this season, if you've not seen anything ahead, um, you just think, oh, it's Gus, guys, whatever. But then you get to, like, just episode one of season four, and you go, fuck, that guy's crazy. So, Would you work for him at his uh, fast nope. food place? I don't want anything to do with that guy. Like, what if you're just a cashier or a cook? Obviously, I had nothing to do with the other side of it, but you're just working for him. If I know what I know about that guy, I don't want anything to do with it. He seems like he'd be a... All right, boss. I don't want anything to do with it. Really be an all right boss. If you didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. Well, sure, if you don't know, yeah, he seems all right. But if I know any of that shit, I don't want anything to do with it. Just saying. All right. Um, I think I'd be interested. I thought it would be an interesting turn if Walt just started making coffee instead. I just get that from that comment of like, why are we making meth? <laughs> That'd be a good turn. Just. You know, then the show just like he, like he goes legit because he's selling coffee and like I don't know, that'd be a funny turn. Like, oh, you thought this was just about a guy cooking meth the whole time? Yeah, that's that was only the beginning of his venture. Yeah, now, no, now we're coffee. This is a biotopic on the start of Starbucks. <laughs> Little did you know, based on a true story. <laughs> yeah, based on a true story. I thought it was interesting how the show just keeps getting more and more intense. Like, I don't know, perhaps this note is out of order a little bit now that I'm looking at it because it's talking about the end of the season. <laughs> but, I mean, if you think about like, the pilot's the best pilot there's ever been, in my opinion. But, 
you know the way that i mean the end of end of the season every season is just you like i don't know you watch that first episode and you just go well this is crazy and then every season seems to <laughs> seems crazy. to end even crazier i mean the the fact i mean you you think they start on an intensity level of high and then every season is just like well they fucking hey let's go higher they top that let's go up from there so pretty cool pretty pretty cool um i thought we kind of played into like a movie role even though this is a show but the whole uh communication uh situation like you can never like full disclosure is uh is a no-no apparently Mm-hmm. In in shows and movies because so Walt shows up at that you know at that lot you know telling the guy with the RVs like we got to get this out of the DEA's coming and it's like okay first of all like even as stupid as Badger is he should realize like DEA bad right right and so then he's like we got to get this RV out here we got to get it destroyed you know. And so, you know, Badger's like, well, what about Jesse? And Walt's like, what about him? And so then Badger fucking calls Jesse. So I guess my questions with this scene, with this episode are a couple things. I have a couple questions on this episode. Why didn't Badger say like, oh, DEA is like, you know, is on to the RV, you know? I mean, or maybe he did and Jesse was just, you know, just dumb enough to be like, no, it's my fucking RV, you know, whatever. Or he thinks, Walt. I mean, you know, or he thinks Walt's just that much of a liar that he's just like, I don't fucking trust that guy. Yeah, he's feeding you whatever line you want, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know, Jesse, do a little math here. Like, he called you and he hung up. So that means like, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's all a lot more, like, it, well, it's a lot easier to see as the people watching the movie or the show or whatever, but, like, called hung up because, you know, Walt calls him and then he's like, oh, fuck, you know, they can hear this, right? He's got his phone tapped. But then also, if the phone's tapped, specifically, Jesse's phone is tapped. And then Badger calls Jesse and says they're going to get rid of the RV. And then Badger tells him where the fucking RV is going. I, I mean, and then Hank shows up there. And then, I don't know, it just seems pretty fucking easy to figure out. I mean, now obviously, okay, I mean, sorry. Hank's following Jesse, so that, you know, Jesse led them right to the RV. Hank right to the RV. So there's that. But it just seems like, hey, if you're worried about the phone being tapped, because it likely is, like, they can probably track that number. Because I think they've quit the whole burner phone things because there's sure a lot of phone continuity mm-hmm. in this season. Like, I don't know if they just quit trying to do the multiple phones thing, but Jesse is always on that red flip phone and Walt's always on that, like, bluish flip phone. Like, I don't see any phone changes unless they both have exact duplicate burner phones. So I would imagine they could trace that phone back to Walt. Like there's, I don't know. 
just seems pretty fucking obvious. I don't even know what the original point was at this time, now that I've gone through all that. You're just frustrated. Not frustrated. Because, I mean, it all has to work together to, you know, fit the bigger plot. But I'm just saying, if I, you know, I I guess I'm in my uh, my cunty, you know, it's a continuity. Continuity cunt. That's all. That's not even continuity. It's just like. So what you're saying is. Does this make sense? You would be a smarter drug dealer than Jesse. I'm saying there's probably, I mean, yeah, there's that. But I'm also saying Walt probably should have been found out with this. And he obviously, I mean, the intensity of, you know, Hank being right outside the RV and trying to get in, you know, and they basically have to, like, they got, they lucked out with that fucking junkyard dude. Just for some, I guess that dude's like past the bar or something. I don't know. Cause he, he just, he's like reading off fucking law to hank you're just reciting it. he's not reading anything he's just reciting laws to hank and you know that guy knows his rights right so hey and and you know you know what what you know what cops hate is someone who knows their rights right <laughs> doesn't matter if you're a good cop or bad cop you hate someone that knows their rights yeah message so. <laughs> message for everyone know your rights yeah. And then I thought it was interesting in the commentary. Now, granted, this is only season three when Gilligan says this. And obviously some worse shit comes up. But uh, Gilligan, when, when Hank calls, or excuse me, when Walt calls Saul, calls in the uh, the favor to have Hank called, you know, say that Marie's in the hospital even though she's not. Um. You know, Vince says, you know, you know, this is for my money the the shittiest thing Walter White's ever done. And so then that made me think, what honestly is the worst thing Walter White has ever done? That's a good question. I think Let's hear yours. That it was when he poisoned Brock. With the plant. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty low. I mean, like, I, you know, because I don't know what, you know, what your criteria would be. Because, you know, doing what he did to Hank here is pretty bad. I mean, considering that is, like, you know, your technical family, you know. So, you know, putting him through all that. But it's also not a completely innocent child in the matter so I don't know. I would still, I would probably say the poisoning of Brock. But there was selling out Jesse. You know, in season five. Which like, and obviously Walt had no way of knowing that Jesse was gonna go be a fucking slave, basically. But I mean, you know, just selling out your buddy. You sold out. Sold now, out. granted, Jesse kind of took it there. I mean, by snitching. And then, you know. So there's that. Which all in lead got fucking Hank killed. Right. Spoiler. So I don't know. But I am going to go with, you know, harming a child. I don't know. 
So anyway. Who would be number two? Almost raping his wife? No, I'm going to say <laughs> with as many people <laughs> that have died uh, because of Walter White, I'm going to I'm going to say the uh, almost raping of his wife was uh, pretty low on the uh, poll there. If I had to rank them, uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll throw them all up on a dry erase board one day and figure it out. Just have it right here mm-hmm. above the Breaking Bad poster. Yeah. Um. I just uh, I love the twins. Uh. Cause, I mean, they're just badass. Like, shooting the trucker guy just to test the vest was pretty funny. And, uh, you know, ha- same episode. I like how Hank just assumes that Gomez would be the one calling him. Saying, like, hey, you're going to die. Like, do cops, is that a common practical joke with cops? I don't know. That just seemed, re- like, kind of ridiculous to me. That... <laughs> I, I guess it's like the scared Hank like trying to rationalize or whatever, but I don't know. It just seemed pretty funny to me that that's how, uh, not on that one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then just like two cunty things on that one is just on that whole scene. The coolest fucking scene of the season is just the whole, confrontation there between the twins and Hank. Like as far as like an action scene, like, mm-hmm. that's the best. Um but of course Hank doesn't shoot the guy in the head. And it's just I mean now granted maybe he's not shooting to kill cuz he's a cop or whatever like but I don't know. These guys are these guys obviously have like fucking hostile intent, so maybe just pop in the head. Yeah. Whatever. But I guess, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about shooting or being a cop. But uh, Could just pretend like he's reaching for his ID. Just shot him in the head. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the guy is a gun. <laughs> I don't think there's any arguing at this point. He, he, like, Hank's shot and bleeding, you know? I think we're a little past, like, let me see your ID. Um, but I, I don't know. I guess maybe he's going for the vitals, right? So, I mean, technically, like, if the guy doesn't have the bulletproof vest, I'm like, you know, he, he's shooting for the heart, right? So, that makes, I guess that makes sense. I don't know. Anyway. Um, yeah, you know, you, the villain, you might live if you get shot in the head. I mean, you don't want to take a chance of that. Right, yeah. And then, of course, the villain doesn't finish the job. That's so villain-like. You know, it's like, oh, I could shoot you right here, but that'd be too easy. Let me go get the axe. I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, like, like they, like, like they do with fucking Tuco. Right. Let them bleed. You never, like, they never finish. You just finish the fucking job. Yeah. End it. Yeah. I'm not saying I wanted Hank to die, but like, fuck. Come on. Yeah. And then you think, you know, Walter White just gets to do whatever the fuck he wants in Albuquerque. He gets to rule this town. You know, because everybody else just wanted to give up. You know, it took a real good cop to bust Walter White. Anyway. W. Um, w. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so then Hank's obviously in the hospital. Um, I think 
I don't know. So I guess kind of the rule and you know, in shows and movies, right, is like if you do something bad, you know, something has to come like there has to be a consequence, right? An action has a reaction, right? So I guess you could say Jesse feels he's been compensated by karma. Like in a good way. You know, when Hank's in the hospital you know, there's that whole scene where, you know, Jesse's outside the hospital leaving. Who who put him in there? Hank. Right? And so, you know, he sees somebody pulls up and then he falls and he's like, oh shit, that's fucking Hank. And then, you know, Skinny Pete picks him up. He's like, I feel fucking good or whatever the hell he says. Obviously, it's AMC. He's not saying fucking, but. Although, that was one thing I wanted to talk about with the Skylar thing. The I fucked Ted. Did they say that on AMC? I mean, is it late enough at night that they just did it? Did they just pay the fine? They were just like, you know, yeah, we'll pay once. I, you know, I don't know. I don't see. I'm not in I'm, the Netflix version, in the DVD version, which I would expect in the DVD version. You know, for her to say, it's I, fucked, I Ted. fucked Ted. Yeah, and in the Netflix version, it's I fucked Ted because I watched it there too. So I'm like, well, it's just like, how did that go on air? Well, it's just like uh, in uh, season five when, um. Gomez and someone else is trailing Mike and he's at the park and he leaves that little note under the trash can, but it makes it look like he's doing a dead drop. Yeah. And they go over and pull out the note and it says, fuck you. Right. It's funny. But like, was that aired as well? Because like, I know. I feel like you can read swear <coughs> words. I feel like it'd still be blocked out. Yeah. Because think about. On late night television. Because think about like, uh, uh, in season four when they, when, uh, to set up to the whole last episode when Hector Salamanca was talking with the DEA and, you know, and every single time he almost completed a word, you know, they, all right, I get it. I get it. I get it. And they well, I don't think that was for censorship though. I think that was just, you know, the, I mean, cause you watch the faces of everybody yes. in the room. Like, <laughs> like F you, then they got to see it. And it was like, uh, yeah. Okay. Great. Thanks. You know, I mean, if, if that was being done to you, are you going to let the guy spell the word, or are you just going to be like, okay. I'd love to spell it. Okay. <laughs> well, that's you. I Personally. I mean, as long as he's not shitting on my fucking floor again. Sure. Personally, if I'm being, you know, set up that way, I'm just like. If I'm ever interviewed okay. by the cops, I think I'm just going to shit on the floor. Shit my pants. And see how well that works out. Okay. And I'll let you know. Please. But, I mean, I know that, like, censorship on cable TV, especially on certain channels, has gotten very, over the past several years, gotten very, very loose. Like, there's a lot of stuff, like, that can be said on TV now. Like, you know, like, shit. Shit was a big one that was always blocked out. They was always, mm-hmm. like, hit or miss with bitch. Ass was almost always allowed. Yeah. But you couldn't say asshole, which is weird. Yes, that's hilarious. Really. You can say ass, but you can't say asshole. But I think you can say asshole now. You can say shit now. Um, you used to not be able to say goddamn. You can obviously say bitch because Jesse says it yes. a lot. <laughs> um, you used to not be able to say goddamn. It that'd be censored out. Yeah. But now you can say that. But I th- even cunt and. Obviously, even like you know, they they you know the n words more eased up now. Thank God. 
<laughs> so like the one word that's still kind of like almost always blocked out is fuck, which right. is crazy because what makes fuck any worse than shit? Right. Yeah. What makes fuck any worse than shit? Versatility. But, I, but even pussy's allowed sometimes. Everybody loves pussy. It just depends. It depends on what channel. What I guess what time. I don't know what the rules of the FCC have, but like I know past several years, I've noticed that it has become very more laxed mm-hmm. than what if you would have you know watched TV when we were in high school when Breaking Bad was even out. It you know fucking almost every single thing would be blocked out or bleeped or whatever. And you're like, well, you got to think now. They're like, <laughs> nobody watches TV. <laughs> Everybody's watching Netflix. And they let anything fly, so fuck it. <laughs> just, Jim, we're not supposed to say that. Ah, fuck you. Just, uh, just a little interesting, a little interesting tad bit. But I, I, I do see what you're saying, so I'm curious what they would have said back, back then. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think you can pay a fine. Yeah, you so can pay a fine. I'm wondering if they were just like, fuck it, just say it, Anna. Just say it. I fucked Ted. Yeah. Well, there went $2,000 out of our budget. And that's why they had to have the fly episode. <laughs> um, Budgeting, baby. Budgeting. Yeah. Would you ever hang up any of the fly traps around your house? Them hanging ones? Uh, they look no. so... I, I mean, well, I'm not saying I wouldn't because, you know, I've never been in a situation where I needed it. I, I have hung, like, or not hung, but there's, like, the ones that you can just Set, set on somewhere, table, and yeah. it's just that big sticky stick. I've set those out before. I've uh, seen... The, I've seen the ones hanging before as well. Yeah. And it's even more... It's usually... I've never seen it in someone's home. Uh, It's been, like, in a garage setting. I've seen it, I've seen it in people's homes before. Okay. Like, it'll be, like, in the kitchen or something like I'm that. I'm not saying... It's, I think it's ridiculous. It's, I'm just saying... It's weird when, like, if you happen to be, you know, like in a restaurant or fast food place and you catch a glimpse of that hanging in the kitchen, you're like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Because like most, most restaurants and the, the restaurant that I worked at, we had the little UV light trap things where, you know, there, there's like three of them in the kitchen, you know, UV, I don't know if it's the UV light attracts them or whatever, but as soon as they fly in, they immediately just, they're trapped in there. Right. We had three of those in the kitchen to keep, you know, because bugs would come in and out. It's. Doors, you can't prevent yeah, that. Doors are opening and closing. Yeah. I mean, they, they they had certain things like one of the things to try and prevent it was like the back door in the, in the kitchen would lead out like to the dumpsters. As soon as you'd open it up, there's a fan that would be like a high speed fan to just blow like back out the door. Yeah. So basically trying any bugs that are trying to fly in or just right back out. Just like, you know, you would always know when try some, to open the door. You, you would know. always know when someone opened up that back door because all you hear is. Yeah, really loud, and you're like, "Yep, someone's opened the back door." Just like in the fly episode, because it is—it's a powerful fan. Like, you, if we would put the boxes right there, someone would open up the door, like take the boxes, and the boxes fly right out to the just the back patio area. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if I do the, the hanging fly traps. I don't know. They just kind of look. They look dirty I mean, it looks me. dirty. Yeah. Looks dirty. Yeah, it screams cockroach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. uh you know, much like, I mean, all that, you know, relates to our fly episode, um, which we're not going to spend a ton of time on. That's the best episode. Uh, it's really not. It's the um, best. There's a which ton. Is, there's a ton of content in that. 
Well, see, <laughs> see Vince Gilligan, and the, this was interesting to me. He says in the co- uh, in the commentary that he thinks in the it's commentary. The cunt. Okay. Yeah, I got you. Um, he Get says it. he thinks it's. <laughs> Can you stop? Because cunt. <laughs> yes, I understand. Stop. <laughs> um, he says that he thinks it's one of the best episodes they've made. And I'm like staring at him. I had to pause it. I was like, "You sure? You didn't just say that, Vince? Come on, man. Are Are you sure? Because." I mean, I guess the way I feel about, and again, I'm not going to spend a ton of fucking time on this, but so in the commentary as well, he says that he thinks it's one of the most interesting. And then he says that, um, the point of this episode, they, they called it something. I can't remember exactly what the name for it was, but a type of episode where you shoot it on, you know, just, you don't go to any locations. You have your sets, right? So you know, the fact that they shot like everything just spend as little money as possible shooting said episode, um, bottle episode. Yes. Bottle episode. Um, so, you know, the whole point was, you know, they were over budget on this or that. And so they're trying to save money, you know, making a bottle episode, just shooting here. So the fact that he (laughs) even comes out and says it because no actual fucking story is happening in this episode. So, I mean, it's not, it's not quite filler that we were talking about, but like in, in a way it still is because no plot happens. Like the, you could take the fly episode out of this series and it would not, it would not fucking matter. You know, it wouldn't change the story of the series. Um, just in the, Anyway, yeah. So, a, so I'm I'm reading here that, um, that because of the, you know, the budget restrictions, that the reason that they had to do that, uh, because they're already, and as quoted from Vince, hopelessly over budget, um, that they would not be able to afford for that episode to move the. Um, production trucks, which apparently when you move production trucks cost twenty five to thirty five thousand dollars every time you move them. Right. Which uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't work on a set. I, mean, I assume you have to pack everything. I don't up think and, they mean like, oh, we had to switch parking spots. There went thirty thousand dollars. Like, I don't think it. You know. Well, I mean, I know move to a different right. location in in Albuquerque. Yes, it's a lot of well, because you, know, you figure you pay however many guys to. You know, go to location, shoot, boom guy, all that shit. Yes, this is roughly what I was saying. That apparently you had just read about it. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. Yeah, you could take this out of the series. and No one would miss the Fly episode. Um, and they kind of try to manufacture some high tension points. You know, you think something might happen. You know, because Walt's all drowsy and he's... You know, talking about Jane and all this shit, right? And the night Jane died. So you're like, oh, Walt's all loopy. You know, it's going to be, you know, second cell phone admission all over again, like at the end of season two. But nothing fucking happens because it's a fucking filler episode. It's just, yeah. So It says here, so 
Along with extras in the laundromat, Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul are the only two actors who appeared in this episode. Uh, regulars Dean Norris, uh, Betsy Brandt, Brandt, that is how you say name, and R.J. Mitt, Mitty, is it Mitt or Mitty? Mitty, Mitty, um, are credited but do not appear. And then Anna, Anna's voice is heard in the episode, but it's reused audio from the second season episode Phoenix. Yes. Interesting. That is yep. extreme budget cutting. Yes. <laughs> like, no, no. You, you're expensive to talk. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Yeah. I got this tape of you. That's what we're doing. Shut up. Yeah. Uh, I, wish, I wish, you know, I, you know, it was expensive for me to talk, and I got paid every time I talked. Yeah, all right. Some people just don't want to, uh, you know, subscribe to this podcast. And, you know, <laughs> here I am just talking for free. Yep. It's not cheap. Get used to it, man. I'm going in debt talking for free. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> you ain't paid for a single thing on here, buddy. <laughs> this is all this is all podcast on a budget. It's all good. <laughs> I'm going broke here. Okay. We're broke. All right. God damn it. Uh so we get back to some plot, you know, after the stupid fly episode and you know, Jesse has a little flashback about Jane. And it just makes you feel bad for Jesse. Because, like, again, just the one time he was, like, truly, like, happy in the show. And, like, kind of when he meets Andrea and Brock and stuff. But that's short-lived because stupid fucking Walt, you know, convinces him to tell her everything. Which, you know, kind of prematurely ends the relationship. And I think that's ultimately why he wanted out. Why Jesse wanted out. I, I bet he was going to try to get back with her at some point. But I think he still just felt too guilty about all the... Everything that happened. And that's why you really see that, you know, Walt is the literal bad guy. Jesse is not what he thinks he was. Anyway, we, you know, we're jumping ahead when we get to all that. So, um, But in this episode, this is, um, you know, the reason he even meets Andrea is because he's going to these 12-step program meetings. He's starting to steal meth. He tells uh, Badger and Skinny Pete you know start coming to the meetings selling the meth and i just love that instead of selling badger and pete just get sucked into the 12-step program like that's just the best that's just the best (laughs) i love that uh i don't know they're just so dumb the the tandem of those two is awesome so and uh, so, th- and then this is—I think this is the first time the laser tag thing comes up. Um, you know, the idea to buy the laser tag place, and then Skyler doesn't like it. And uh, yeah, anyways, so they're trying to get the checks together so that uh, they can they can pay for Hank's physical therapy. And uh, you know, Skyler's like, "Well, what are his quali- qualifications?" It's like. Oh yeah, let me just pull up his fucking money launderer indeed page. <laughs> like she's so Again, she's you know, Anna Gunn's doing her job. It's great. But God damn it. Good God, Skylar. Like she doesn't think you know, like this is the same lady who's Wikipediaing Wikipedia ing fucking money laundering. You know, after she tells she's all like talking shit to Saul and like, Yeah, I know it's I know money laundering. I know what's going on. <laughs> 
What are his qualifications? Oh, well, he uh, like, no, he's a fucking money launderer. The point is the fact that you don't know about him. <laughs> that's good. That's a good thing. Fucking, uh, and like, I don't know. She just fucking kills me. She's, she's so hot and cold on the whole situation. Right. Like first she's just completely against it. And then, you know, and once the divorce wants nothing to do with him. Now, all of a sudden she's like, well, if we stay married, you know, married couples can't get, uh, can't be compelled to testify against one another. Okay, cool. So then if we're still married, then I can move back in. She's like, fuck no. And then, you know, she's like, well, no, we stay married. She wants to revoke plausible deniability by staying married so that she doesn't look stupid in case they get caught. Like that, like, cause you know, she's sitting there talking to him. Like, he's like, Oh, and so I'm just supposed to look like some floozy. He's like, Oh, well, or floozy. Might have, I don't remember what she said exactly. Maybe I should type that part down, but in essence, she's saying like, well, I'll, I'll sure look stupid if I just, you know, I've been sitting here just accepting all these wads of cash that my drug dealer husband's been throwing at me and having no explanation for where any of the money comes from. It's like, that's plausible deniability. You're not fucking. I, <clears throat> so in essence, you want to revoke that so that you can get caught and go to jail. But at least you didn't look dumb. Sounds, sounds kind of dumb to me. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it does. So anyhow, uh, if you were Walt, would you have helped Jesse? Cause I found it funny that murder's okay when Walt wants somebody murdered, but when Jesse comes up and wants somebody murdered, it's not good. But, you know, Jesse asks for help to get the ricin together again and, you know, kill those guys that use Tomas to get combo killed. You agree with Walt? Or should Walt have just helped his buddy? I think Walt should have helped him. I think so, too. Because... Why is it okay when Walt wants somebody killed, but not when Jesse wants somebody killed? Yep. Um, Like, Jesse's had your back the whole time. No reason to not have his back, if you ask me. Um, (laughs) No veggie tray for Jesse's meeting. Must have assumed. Veggie tray sounds good right now. I could go for some carrots and some celery and ranch. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Uh, Jesse always gets fucked. He stood up for what what he thought was right, talked it out with Gus, even stood up to Gus's face, said they're using kids, like the whole thing. And of course, Walt has nothing to say about it. And um, did you record on that one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm ninety nine percent positive. Okay. I just I don't know for whatever reason I had that panic moment of like, well, I hit record on this one. But, uh, yeah. One hour and nine minutes. Okay, good, good, good. All right, all good. Sorry. I was just like, I just didn't remember going boop and then going over there and hitting it. So, anyway, that was stupid. Um, Just like Skyler. <laughs> stupid like Skyler. Stupid like Skyler. And, uh, so anyway, yeah. Like, Jesse stood up for it and, you know, Walt just stood by. As the silent tattletale, you know, Jesse's like, you have anything to say about this? And Walt just kind of looks at him. Like, all right, man. And so after all that, and then, you know, he tells those guys no more kids. You know, Gus, like, 
fucking A, Jesse, right? And then those dudes just turn around and kill that kid. And you're like, well, that's not what he meant. <laughs> like, certainly that's not what he meant for you to do. And so. All right. Like, sorry. Anyway. Um, so he just, he just gets fucked. Like Tomas ends up getting killed, even though he stood up for what was right. So then like, it's almost like, like, that's the kind of thing that'll give somebody like bad morals, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, well, like, do the right thing and then bad, bad shit still happens. So the fuck am I supposed to do? Right. Um, I like Hank's frustrated boner face getting pushed out of the hospital is funny. It's the whole reason that he leaves is because Marie <laughs> bets that she, she can give him a boner. He's like, yeah, go ahead. Hey, just, nothing happened. And he's like, oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> I just like when he's getting pushed out and he's just like, I don't He's just like, it's a subtle face, but it's just, like it's you that. can tell he's like not happy. Like he's like, I was wrong. <laughs> oh yeah, it's funny. Um, but so I don't know. That was just a note in between. So that that shit eating grin, uh, grin that uh, Marie had. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. Still got it. Um, anyway, I threw that one in because for whatever reason I put it in between. I should have had this whole thing grouped up. So Jesse gets fucked, stood up for himself for what he believes in. Tomas gets killed, and then. The thing is, like Jesse's biggest problem in the show, the reason he finds himself in all these situations. Walter. Um, well, <laughs> yes, Walter in part. Walter. Um, is why all these situations end up going bad. Um, but the reason he finds himself in any of these situations that he ever got involved with dealing math or anything is the fact that Jesse is just very short-sighted. You know, he sees only what's in front of him. He does not see you know, consequences of his actions later. And that's why like he's always in this fucking kind of spiral. It seems, you know, I mean, obviously a big part, Walter, <laughs> but the whole reason he was even in like the drug life to begin with, cause he only sees what's in front of him. You know, obviously Gus had a problem with them using children. He told them to stop using children. He did not mean kill the fucking child. Obviously. Like, and like, that's even what Gus says. Like, well, obviously I would have, you know, he should have let me deal with those, those two myself. Like, like, I, I don't know. To me, it seems obvious Gus would have done something, but Jesse's very short sighted and just like, well, guess I got to kill him. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think the smart approach for Jesse would have been see what Gus does first. Gus may kill him. Right. But you know, if, if, if you know, it's a slap on the wrist for him, yeah. then yeah, go kill him. Right. I do think that that's where Jesse made. Just made the fuck up of going and trying to kill him, you know, and then fucking Walt has to get involved on that. And yeah, he's very short sighted and, you know, deals with uh, deals with problems the wrong way, usually with drugs. So that's the best way to deal with problems. I mean, and this, I think, I mean, I don't know, thinking about the whole series, there's obviously a lot of great endings to an episode two episodes but um i think this is the best fucking ending to an episode that there is where walt comes in like you know jesse and those dudes are about to be in a just a fucking shootout jesse's obviously gonna die and then you know walt comes in runs them both over gets out shoots the other one in the head just looks out run I, I, don't, I don't know a better episode ending 
Okay. Unanimous? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All the degrees say aye. Aye. Um, it's ruled. Uh, yeah. So then the intro to this episode, we, we kind of talked about it, but just Walt's confident, easy going, not beaten down by life. Never quite returns to this state within the show, but he's a lot closer after breaking bad. Oh, uh, than he was before. You Cause know. the show is called breaking bad. Yeah. Once the character of Heisenberg is, you know, even a thing, like I, I guess he's somewhat of a sort of an evil caricature of his former self by the time he's like full Heisenberg. Right. Um, by the time he leaves Walter White behind, um, you know, before suburban life beats him down, you know, before he gets birthday hand jobs during eBay auctions, you know, maybe that's a sign that we'd need to move out of the suburbs and the like, weight of responsibility will change people, not be a school teacher or get cancer. You don't do any of those things. Uh, Mike rating the warehouse is awesome. Mike is just an awesome character and I love him. Mike. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Again, I still don't see how it's that crazy that Walton buy a laser tag place. I uh, did mention that earlier, though, so we won't go back into it. And then uh, I just said, you know, because we know what happens, right? Um, you know, Walton Jesse talk. Gail's got to go. Um, and then, you know, Walt gets taken to the facility. Um you know, Victor and Mike are telling him there's a smell coming from downstairs. Got to go downstairs, check it out. It's obviously just a ploy. Like, hey, go down there so we can shoot you and nobody will know. But, you know, Walt realizes this, starts pleading for his life. And then he's like, I can give you Pinkman. And he calls Jesse. And then he, you know, basically just uses that opportunity to go, Jesse, Jesse, go get him. Go get him. I got to go do it. You got to, you know. So Jesse goes and kills Gail. That's how the season ends. I just thought, <clears throat> excuse me. I just thought it'd be funny if, like, there actually was some sort of smell. But you know, Walt just basically pulled the trigger on, like, what? What? There was really just a chemical leak down there. Yeah, and... like, wouldn't it be funny? If, like, you know, then they're sitting downstairs after that. You know, like in the next season, you know, if they were just sitting downstairs, just like, oh god, that does smell. It's like I fucking I told you, but then you went and had killed the other guy. I told you, Walter. Yeah. <laughs> I told, do you think I would lie to you? Do I look like a liar, Walter? Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. Uh, that would be a funny alternative. Them just sitting down there, season four, episode one. Uh, But yeah, I said best season ending yet. Because it's not the best season ending. I don't think. I don't know. I think the best... I don't know. I don't know how I'd rank it, but it's the best season ending yet. It's not. It's not yeah, quite yet. I I have my favorites. I've got my favorites. Yeah. Uh. All right. So then, to be cunty, to cunt or not to cunt? Well, that smell is telling me probably to cunt. Hmm. Um. Well, we talked about Vince and the Fly episode. Talked about Hank and the Nine Illegals. Might have covered most of these indirectly. Oh, <laughs> I thought this was stupid. 
Fucking when Skylar calls the cops on Walt when he moves back in, and she like looked in the phone book. I was like, "Bitch, you need the police <laughs> to call not you need the phone book to call the police." Like, come on. <laughs> um, the ATM camera. Uh, there would not. I mean, at least in the perspective they showed when um when when Hank was looking at the ATM and they show you know they kind of show him through the ATM what the perspective is they have like these like like bird's eye views like you know when he shows the pictures to um what the ASAC right is what they call uh-huh. that dude um which kind of seems like a joke anyway uh, like, go talk to ASAC <laughs> I don't know there's something there probably I don't have it right now but uh there's not like that picture of that angle that is shown when Hank's looking in there and they kind of show it from the ATM's perspective. Um, because from that perspective, you wouldn't have a picture of Jesse pumping gas because the gas uh, tank was on the other side. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's only that one door to the RV. So you'd have been able to get like a snapshot of Jesse getting out. You know, or is, I, don't, I don't know when that thing would take pictures. You know, what I mean? like why... Why and when does that take pictures, or would, is it just a constant feed? I would think it'd be constantly recording. Right, that was kind of what I was thinking. So, like, I would think you would have the doors on that side. So you, Jesse has to get out that door. It's the only door in the RV. Um, I'd imagine you see him walking into said gas station. Excuse me. Um, so I don't know. So just being cunty there. Even if it's not a direct thing of his face, you can at least get like, who is that guy? And you know when the. I would think when the thing turns away, you would see plates, but nonetheless. Uh, Jesse gave the whole backpack to Victor when he made the exchange. Is he running a special free backpack with every batch of match? Bath of, batch of meth. Got twisted there. I just thought that was interesting. Don't you? It's a perfectly good backpack. How are you going to carry your meth to the next drop? Are you going to go buy another backpack? Right. I don't know. Anyway, uh, you don't see Gail Subaru the first day you meet Gail, but you do the other times. Slightly cunty. Uh, you say you don't uh, see his what? His Subaru. Oh. Parked out front. Yeah. Yeah, he he strikes me for a guy that drives a Subaru. Yeah, his little Subaru wagon there. Yeah, he's definitely a Subaru guy. Goddamn just... Subarus <laughs> and the people that drive them. You really think Charles is watching no. this? No. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> the second Charles stopped doing this, this podcast this, was the last thought he had about this, this podcast. This will be the one time he tunes and he's like, let's see what they're talking about. Fast forward. He's Those like, motherfuckers. Subaru guys like, bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's a, <laughs> this is a goofy one. Um, so Tomas was a gangster when he was eight. That's what she said. They took him in when he was eight. So if Brock is six, and when then when Tomas was born, Tomas would have been four. Or, excuse me, when Brock was born, Tomas would have been four or five. Andrea's comment was that the day Brock was born, I swore I would not let what happened to Tomas happen to Brock. Goddamn, he was a four-year-old gangster. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is she even said Tomas was a gangster when he was eight, which makes Brock, you know, if, if yeah, Tomas is ten, well, Tomas is eleven. 
Okay. So then that makes that makes Brock uh, would have been three at the time. The math isn't mathing. Yeah, it's not. It's not gelling right. The math is. It's like mathing. the Den of Thieves intro <laughs> numbers. Hell, they just don't work out any way you run them. Any way you run them, it doesn't work. Or like the uh, what was it? The Terminator like ages and years. Yeah, that the, was like weird. we fucking pointed out and like. Just ran all over. There is holes all over Terminator. <laughs> Don't try to make it make sense. Um, and then, God damn, that's one badass three year old. Yeah, right. Shit. Um, and then there's a Walt's driving in the car with Walter Jr. He's letting Walter Jr. drive, and he's talking about I still drive with the two feet. You know, Mom said all you gotta do is get a note from a doctor, and I was like, no, from a doctor, you gotta get. Is it actually legal to drive with two feet? I mean, it's kind of dumb, but like, I mean, considering his situation, I would say it'd be understandable to, uh, you know, to drive with two feet. I don't think anybody's going to, I don't know, just seemed a little goofy to me. I know technically it's like illegal to drive without your shoes on or whatever. Yes, that's, which um, is kind of a weird one. But, but that's but... just kind of gross, really. But <laughs> is it illegal to drive anyway. with two feet? Uh, there is no law on the books to say you cannot drive with both feet. Yeah, which is, I mean, which, which also, if you think about it, if you're if you're driving a manual, sti- you yeah, have if you're to. driving a stick shift, you unless you just got feet. some fast fucking feet. <laughs> that or you've like mastered fucking just clutchless shifting, and uh, but that's I yeah. don't know how that I, you just spoke Spanish to me. So anyway, um, yeah, so good season, huh? Why can't I use two feet to drive? Which I mean, the obvious reason of why not why not to use two feet to drive when you've been driving your whole life with one foot is that if you get into a situation where you might have to slam on the brakes, you might fucking push both of them to the ground, <laughs> and now it's like, well, nothing's happening, and yeah, well, and like I, the common and thing. What like, and that what happens to him? Or no, he keeps hitting the wrong pedal. Oh no, I'm sorry. That's what happens when Walt has him driving the previous season, but he's just hitting the wrong pedal. When he says break, because he's trying to drive with one foot. That's okay. And then, yeah, which that's, that's like the common thing that happens with, especially the older population where, you know, they mistake the gas for the break and they just mash the fucking gas Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they go through the storefront of the Walgreens, you know, which happens quite often, which is why I think when you hit a certain age, you should be required to take your driving test every year or at least... At least once every couple years, maybe. I won't even go so far as to say driving test because, like, you know, everybody can mess up the maneuverability. You know, get, you catch me on the wrong day. You know what I mean? Like, people that are perfectly com- uh, competent drivers fail the thing, you know, the first time. You know, you turn wrong and you're like, ah, fuck. Ah, fuck. It's right there, isn't it? You know, whatever. Like, everybody gets an oopsie, right? But, you know, because then you think, like, to have to schedule it again. And, like, you're like, oh, fuck. Can't come to work today. Why? <sighs> fucking hit a cone. <laughs> <laughs> fucking cone. <laughs> but at, at minimum, you should at least have to take, like, a some sort of just, like, like an awareness test. You know? Like, or let me just watch you drive. You know? Because you, you ever been in, like... When you were a kid, did you ever get in a car with like an old ass grandparent or something, you know, and you watch them and you're like, I'm pretty sure I'm not safe right now. 
You know, like you knew at a very young age, like I'm pretty sure this isn't safe. You know, yeah, like the most of, most like of put the time, a small child in the car with that man, have him drive around the block. How'd you feel there, Squirt? <laughs> you know, like just there should be some form of just testing that older people over the age of a let's say sixty five. Over the age of 65, should have to be done once every couple of years to ensure that they can still properly operate a motor vehicle because there's way too many people above the age of 65 that should no longer be behind the wheel of a car because they just can't. Their reaction times are slow or they just, they, they. I got the test. They, uh, they, they just don't know how to properly drive the car anymore. They drive either under the speed limit or they do a lot of like swerving or. Because mm. I can't. I firmly believe if you're on the highway, it is more dangerous to be doing 45 in a 70 than it is to be doing 95 in a 70. Right. Because both, both are bad (laughs) because I feel like the person for the most part doing 95 in a 70 is probably more aware of his surroundings than than the person doing 45. Might be a lot of this, but yeah, I got, I got the test though. You throw something at him. And it's unexpected, you know, and depending on their reaction time, you know, like they're at the BMV, they're there to renew their license and, you know, like, okay. And all this information that you know, they do that. And if it goes like this here, throw it at me. And if it goes like this, there you go. No, license. you're done. You're done. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> if you don't have a reaction, you know, if the reaction time is later, you're done. You're out. Like I, That'd be a suitable test right there. Just because, like, simple. like, like, don't get me wrong. Because how fast are you going to react if a car comes over in your lane? Like, you know, if you hit this in the face and that you hit, get hit with this in the face and, like, a moment later, you're like, oh, fuck. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I can't imagine. Like, I know it's a very. It's like an independence being taken away from you. Yeah. That you've had most of your life. Yeah. But it like sucks. it's also for the safety of yourself and others on the road. Like I would have no problem if, if that was implemented, you know, when I turned sixty five. I get it. You know I don't I don't think it should be an age limit, but there should be some sort of competency test. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well. Hey. That hey. was fun. Breaking bad. Pool party. Pool party. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, pool party. Um, I don't know, are we right? No, I don't. We're not right. Ah, we're not. We're not right. That's. It was awesome. How's that? Great. Uh, it was awesome. Woo! All right, here you go. Favorite episode. Favorite episode. Let me look at the episode names because obviously I don't remember the episode names. Twelve, because no. Well, fuck. Twelve of the best ending. I don't know that it was as exciting all the way through. Seven was pretty good because of that. But again, another awesome ending. So best start to finish episode. Eh, fuck it. I'll go with seven. Uh, I liked six. Okay. Just like the whole trying to break into the fucking RV and then rushing to the hospital and like, Maurice Schrader, Maurice Schrader, where the fuck? But you know, where the fuck is Maurice Schrader? Not here. He's like, she's here. Yeah. <laughs> and then she calls, and he's like, uh, "Well, he I did, look like an ass." He did do a cool thing, um, like the way, 
Vince was talking about how, you know, when they're, because, you know, you color treat or something. I don't remember what that, what exactly it's called, but, you know, how you shoot stuff is not always in the same color, right? So he said, like, he took, like, all the color out of that shot, right? Like, everything was just kind of like, I mean, not all the it wasn't, like, black and white, but it kind of just had a white hue to that scene when he's going through the hospital and he's screaming and all that, you know. And then after he talks to Marie on the phone, like, they bring up like Hank's real like red faced, you know, after that, like a lot of the color starts coming back in the picture and Hank's just red and he's really angry. So anyway, uh, yeah, we're going to end this episode and, uh, you can catch us on the YouTubes and the Spotify's, the apples, wherever you get your podcast, uh, emails, contact hotline, yahoo.com, Twitter at contact one, uh, their Instagram might be interesting. I don't know. I think it's just, just type in content crisis. You'll figure it out. Uh, thanks. Bye.